seeing everybody. If you will, <clears throat> please turn to Psalm 29. Psalm 29. <clears throat> I wanted to have this message first because I know it's going to be longer. I'm going to do my best not to scream and yell real loud because I get excited. It's like Daniel 4. I can't keep from reading that without just, oh, stand on my hind legs and yell it to the treetops. Uh, <clears throat> I hope the Lord will yell in somebody's heart today. Psalm 29. Many believe <clears throat> that David wrote this during a thunderstorm. I think so. It's been a long time since I saw, saw a thunderstorm. I can... Good for us. I can attest to it. The proportions in this psalm are good. That needs said. That needs said. I know what's been heard this week and last week around this state. Let me tell you something. The Lord's proportions in this psalm are good. How he laid it out is just right. It'll be fine. We preach Christ and we preach him crucified. We preach the person and the work of Christ. And it's so comforting to know that that warfare is accomplished. To speak comfort to the heart to his people. But it's necessary. It's necessary and it's comforting to behold your God. Behold your God. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold him. We, we like to focus on that part that's taken away our sins. We need that. Don't you forget that first part, who it was that did it. How can you separate the two? Who is it? <laughs> Behold him. <laughs> oh, he's worth to be beheld. The proportions are good here. It's the right amount for today. God gave us this day. He didn't give us last week. He didn't give us somebody else in another state. He gave me and you right now. That's what he gave us. And it's just right for right now. Wonderful. In the first two verses, we're going to see this call to worship. Do you know what a call to worship is? We got that in our bulletin, a call to worship. Used to, people didn't have clocks. And nobody knew when it was time to come to church. And so they'd hear the music playing. And that music, that song, we play them on the speakers, don't we? What was happening when I was sitting right there? These speakers are going. That way people could hear. They used to be real loud. didn't have windows open. Uh, Eric just had windows open. <laughs> They'd ring a bell or, or play a music, play a song that people knew to come. It's time. The Lord gives us the first two verses here. This is his call to worship, he tells us. Then verses 3 through 8, we see the power and the might of a holy God. That's a must. That's a must. How could... Talk about the forgiveness of sins. What if I forgave your sins? What if it was my blood that was shed? That ain't going to do you no good. <laughs> what if it was of a goat? That ain't going to do you no good. We must see him. That's verses 3 through 8. In verse 9, life's given. Verse 10, we see judgment is satisfied. And you ain't going to see that. You'll see it in a textbook. You'll see it in a seminary until God speaks to your heart. Then you'll see he's satisfied judgment. So you're convicted of it. And all that, verse 11, is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. His people are blessed with peace because of him. Right now and eternal, eternally, peace. You never have peace till you knew him. You might not have been pulling your hair out and in a loony bin. 
But you didn't have peace till you saw him. Till he revealed himself. We'll see that next hour. Jacob was 77 years old and didn't know God. We always think, you think he's a teenager from coloring books, don't you? He's an old, old fella. He's plum grown. And then he saw God. And he saw him. If you know the Lord, hearing of his might, of his power, of his strong hand, who this is, boy, that's comforting. That is comforting. And if you don't know him, it's absolutely terrifying. And if it ain't, it ought to be. Look here in verse 1. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Who's this? Well, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Holy Spirit. And this is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the self-existent one. And all three of those are one. All three of those were manifest on this earth in a body. Came as the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. How can you give glory, truly, and how can we give strength? How are you going to give strength to the Lord? How are you going to do that? Turn over to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Here in Psalm 50, verse 7, begins, Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. I don't want your sacrifices of, of, of goats and of bullocks. Why? For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowl of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field. They're mine. They're mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world's mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat flesh of bulls? Will I drink the blood of goats? Is that my meat and drink? Offer unto God thanksgiving. You pay vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of the trouble and I'll deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. That's what, well, how am I going to do that? He's got to give lungs and air. <laughs> it's his air. It's his lungs, isn't it? And it's his heart that cries to him. But that's what we're to do. Cry unto him with our voice. That word give, you can write it in your margin. It's okay because that will help us down the road, won't it? That word give is the word that means ascribe. Ascribe. I can't give the Lord anything. Everything's his. It's his already. How am I going to give him strength? That's his strength. But I can ascribe glory to him. I can ascribe strength to him. What's that mean? Credit. People say give credit where credit's due. Well, credit's his. In what? Everything. Everything. What about strength? That glory? Yep. Credit. The word also means impute. We've talked about that before. What is that? You remember? I know you remember. That's an accounting term. You're declaring what is already there. You are ascribing. We ascribe to the Lord. We impute to the Lord Him, His glory and His strength. Now, back at our text. It says, They're given to the Lord, O ye mighty. Ye mighty. Given to the Lord glory and strength. Who's the mighty? There's three levels to that. Who He's speaking to. He's speaking to His people. The first one is those mighty hosts of heaven. All the angels. All, the, all his armies of heaven. You give him glory and you give him his strength. You ascribe that to him. You declare that that's his. And they do, don't they? 
They ascribe that to him. And the mighty ones of this earth, rulers, those in power, those all the way up that we can think of from a king of England all the way down to the, to the a, a small business owner, to a mommy and a daddy in a home. You count all glory to God. You count all power, all strength. It's his. It's his. Everything. How you treat your children, how you treat your employees, how you treat your coworkers, how you treat the other constituents in this county ought to declare who you believe. Remember who you are and who, uh, whose you are. For he is. And those made strong. That's the unbelievers. They ought to. Who made you king? Who made you to differ? <laughs> who made you a pauper? Who made you a hard worker, a coal miner? It don't make a difference. The Lord made you that way. But those that are made strong, they're made mighty in Christ. He says we're kings and priests. And we will ascribe glory. We will ascribe strength to him because we've experienced it. Those angels haven't. They know it. They've seen it. They can tell, tell you more about it than I can. But we've experienced it. We have experienced it. You will. Watch this. Verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Can you do that? What's due to him? We can't in this body. We can ascribe what's due to him, everything. We can't enter into that, though. And it says, worship the Lord in beauty of holiness. Worship him. Worship him. There have been books without end. Some scriptures say it, isn't it? To the end of writing of books, there's no end. They just keep going on and on. Commentaries and commentaries and commentaries and commentaries and commentaries. The Lord condemns that. He's clear about it. Um, there's been so much written in pamphlets and everything else on what is worship. What is worship? People say it so often in this nation. We're going to worship. Oh, are you? What is that? We better define our terms before we use them, shouldn't we? What's worship? I'll tell you a few things about worship. Worship's equal to reverence. It's a sacrifice is what it is. Abraham said, Isaac, we're going up this hill. We're going to worship God. We're going to sacrifice to God. It's a sacrifice of our lips, our praise that we give up. And the sacrifice of Christ alone is the only thing we can bring. And if you understand that, not in a, a theological standpoint, if you know him, God's revealed his strength and power to you, now you worship in reverence. What do he tell us in the psalm? Fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Not we're afraid. <laughs> in reverence. Oh, we know who. Who we're worshiping. A deep appreciation, a thankfulness. That's what worship is. You know what it's also is? Adoration. Uh, Hannah just had a baby. People want to go visit a baby. And you say, oh, look at the baby. Take, I'll give you good advice my pastor gave me. Next time you go find somebody that just had a baby, don't go looking at that baby. You go look at that mother's eyes. You go look at that mother's eyes. And you're going to see in her eyes adoration. That's what I look people in the eye when I preach to them. <laughs> Do you know that? I've told you that 400 times. I let people know I want to preach to them. There's adoration to the one who only deserves glory, to the one who only is strength, if you know him. Well, there's love there. There's contentment and commitment, hand in hand, ain't there? And it's beautiful. He said, worship him of beauty. It's beautiful, too. It's lovely when believers gather together and they truly adore the Lord. I mean love. 
not cold, dead letter, stiff facts that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, that's true. Somebody told me something true one time. I said, yeah, it's true, but ugh. That ain't right, man. <laughs> ain't no love in it. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no grace in it. When we gather in his grace and his mercy and he's gathered us together, that's precious. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We truly adore him. His person, who he is, <laughs> his strength, his work, what he's done, what's accomplished in it. That's our call to worship. Mighty folks, come. Credit the Lord for who he is and what he's done. That's what we're going to do. Someone might ask, well, who is he then? He tells us. He tells us. Verse 3. The voice. We see that all through here, isn't it? The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. It's what he declares of himself. We ought to take notice. We ought to pay attention to what he says he is, isn't it? The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. His voice is upon the waters. What? Is he fishing? How could a man understand that unless somebody tells you what that is? We read in Genesis 1, the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. It was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, that wind, that's what comes with a voice, isn't it? When you say something, you can feel it. Moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. What's that voice on the waters? It's the life and the light of this world. That's where it starts. It's also in the destruction, isn't it? There in Genesis 7, those waters increased. The Lord spoke to the waters. They come up out of the springs. They come out of the heavens. And it bear up the ark. Who is life? Set that ark above everything that's in this world. The highest point. He was exalted. He was lifted up. And this world was destroyed. We died in him, in that ark. And instruction. David told us in Psalm 107, those that go down in the seas... And ships, they do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth. His voice is on those waters. They know it. A commercial fisherman, we know any of those? There's a couple of them that wrote us some letters, ain't they? Open letters, general epistles. Those commercial fishermen, they see the works of the Lord. For he commandeth and he raises stormy winds and he lifts the waves thereof. His voice is on those waters. That's an instruction to us. Now, <clears throat> do you have to be a sailor or a commercial fisherman to see the works of the Lord? What if you ain't never been on a boat? I don't own a boat. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know what those deep waters are? I just want to speak to the Lord's people. You know what those deep waters are? Your tears. Your tears. That's how deep they are. They fill buckets, ain't they? Oh, when he gives the tears. His voice is the one that makes those tears come. Not sadness because you ain't getting your way. Everybody's sad if they don't get their way. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to hit that $2 billion lottery and have a nice car and air conditioning and all that. No, not those things. The tears that he gives for the trials that he gives, that he commands. That's what his voice does. It's on the waters. What does he say about our tears? One, he sends them. Two, he puts them in a vial. <laughs> he keeps them in a bottle. It's his tears, ain't they? His voice is on the waters. His voice is something else, too. It's not just in life. It's not just in destruction. Not just in instruction. It's also in the justification and sanctification of his people. We read in John 19, when they came to Jesus, they saw he was dead already, and they break not his legs, so the scriptures will be fulfilled. He died according to the scriptures. Not a bone's going to be broken in him. 
And they said, well, let's not break his legs. He's already dead. And so they pierced his side with a spear. And forthwith came out there blood and water. And water. There's a young fella. Them young fellas don't know much. This one did. His name is Augustus Toplady. He died at 38 years old. Well, he had a good handle on this. He had a good understanding on that. He said, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. That was the call to worship that was going right before I stood up. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side, which flow, John 19, be of sin the double cure. We've received double for our sins. Save from wrath all the sin that you have committed or committing right now and shall commit. Save from it. He bore it. And make me pure. He's given you a holy nature, born of God, of his seed, incorruptible seed. That's what it means. <laughs> it can't be corrupted. It can't sin. Right now. I'll get a dirty email about that one. <laughs> I just have to get it. So, he said so. Save from wrath and make me pure. God's voice was on the water too. When he heard, when we hear his voice command the waters of judgment and the waters of cleansing, we say with David in that water of peace, he maketh me lie down in green pastures and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He brought me there. I ain't scared of them waters no more. Not those waters of destruction, not those waters of wrath. That's waters of cleansing now because Christ bore it all. His voice is on those waters. Verse 3, Psalm 29, verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. Turn over to Job 37. Job 37. I'm going to the right, to the left. (laughs) One book to the left. We'll begin verse 1, Job 37, 1. At this also my heart trembleth and has moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. Whose lightning's that? His lightning. After it a voice roareth. We see the lightning and we hear the thunder. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency. And he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. When the voice of the Lord speaks, it thunders in a marvelous way. The blind, they can't see lightning, but they can hear the thunder of his voice. The deaf, they can't can't hear the thunder of his voice, can they? But you can feel it. (laughs) <laughs> they can feel the vibrations. He thundereth marvelously. I was thinking of Brother Bill Silva up there in rescue, like to ride motorcycles. And them things get loud. They go by here, they're loud, ain't they? You can be on the loudest Harley Davidson you want. That thunder rumbles, that lightning cracks next to you. You can't hear that motorcycle. It thunders. It thunders. A strong thunderstorm comes sometimes. And that is good because it reminds us of the voice of our Lord. 
I've lived in a couple of places where it don't rain much and it don't thunder much. And that would be good for the places I've lived that didn't get many thunderstorms to get more thunderstorms. Something when you're sitting there and all of a sudden that whole house starts shaking and the, the, the china starts rattling in the ca- cabinets because it's thundering. <laughs> God's speaking. It's his voice. My sister Hannah was real little. She took looked to Paul. She was like three years old. It was thunder and lightning, and the whole sky is just lit up, and it ain't going to stop for days. And she went to the window and said, Daddy, God's talking. <laughs> she had heard that in church that morning. You may as well them little ones learn. The Lord <clears throat> spoke. Christ Jesus said, Father, you glorify your name. He told us that in John 12. He said, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven said, I have both glorified it, and I will again glorify it. And some people said, you know what? It thundered. It thundered. They may not know what God said, but they know there was a God. Well, it would be good for us to know that. What comes with thunder? Lightning. Lightning comes with thunder. As a child, because the Lord says there uh, through Elihu, he does things we don't understand. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts ain't our thoughts. We, we can't enter into things of God like that unless he reveals himself. And I remember when I was a kid, they came out with high-speed cameras. And they said, you know what? I was a little, little bitty fellow in science class. And they said, lightning you know, comes from the sky. Actually, lightning comes from the ground. Did you know that? The electronic charge and all this stuff, and it grounds out there, and the lightning moves its way up, and they found this out. Well, if they'd have just read Job, they'd have known that. <laughs> Spectrum analysis. There's sound waves emitted from light. Well, he said, the stars sang to me. <laughs> it's the oldest book ever. Look here in verse 30, or chapter 38, Job 38, verse 35. Job 38, 35. Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, here we are. God's asking Job, can you do that? The Lord says, be thou on the ground. <laughs> To the snow, doesn't he? Says the lightning, go. And the lightning stands up from the ground and says, here I am. <laughs> yes, Lord. It obeys him. That's powerful, isn't it? Isn't that power? Who <laughs> says that's natural things. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. Can't save yourself either. I, I was a little tiny fellow at a funeral one time. Old Primitive Baptist said, man, so I could stick my bony hand in God's face and stop him. And I, I went to, I was taking a shower at night, and I see if the water was warm. I said, I can't even stop. I was five years old. I said, I can't even stop this water. How in the world are you going to stop God? That's his thunder and light. <laughs> That's power. But back in our text, 20, Psalm 29, verse 4. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It's powerful. When he speaks, I can talk. All day long, and it ain't going to do diddly. I can scream, and people sleep through it. It can happen. I can get loud. I ain't, I ain't been loud. I ain't screamed as loud as I could in four years, but I can get pretty loud. It don't matter. When God speaks, his voice is powerful. There's power in it when he's pleased to speak to somebody. Paul said that. He said, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. I know you're God's elect. Paul knew it. Why? For our gospel came not to you in word only. This ain't some dead letter doctrine that you learn at some seminary. What kind of hogwash is that? No, it came in power. Dynamus. That's where we get the word dynamite. I hope I can just light it and throw it. Get out the way. 
He sees fit. He'll blow San Diego County wide open. It came to you in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. You knew it. You knew it. Do you know when it thunders? Yeah, you do. Deaf people know it. They can feel it. Do you know when it lightens? Yeah. <laughs> you can smell it. You can smell ozone right after, can't you? You know it. The voice of the Lord's powerful and majestic. It what does that thunder and his voice and his power do? Verse 5. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Those great, mighty, hundred-foot-tall, old, big, strong trees. They're shattered to toothpicks. Shattered to toothpicks. Like in big sequoias. Just poof, it's nothing. You ever seen a tree hit by lightning? One of two things happen when a tree is hit by lightning in power. 500 million bolts go through that thing. Either hit bows down and it's just ground to dust and destroyed. And, oh, it's just in a heap. It's either in a heap on the ground or it's burnt to death. There's deadness. There's either bowing or deadness. That's it. There ain't no indifference. Like, well, I guess I'll handle that lightning next week. No, all the water in you has been vaporized instantaneously. I know there's a still small voice. We'll look at that in a minute. But that still small voice when God speaks in power is like thunder and lightning. And there's going to be evidence that it's there. Just like Paul said, I know that power's come to you. I know it. The power of the voice of the Lord thundering. Those that hear it will either bow or burn. What happens to those that, that are burnt? Pharaoh did that. That's still the Lord's power. Do you know that? said, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee. That's what he told Pharaoh. He said, you ain't going to bow to me yet. But for this purpose, for you to defy me over and over in all these plagues, I've done that so my people see my power. And you're going to know it too. That my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Every knee will bow. It's only a matter of when. Either he'll make you bow on this earth or you're going to bow on that final day of judgment. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Behold your God. This is, this is who we come to worship, to ascribe. It's his glory and his strength. Understand that now. Live, dry bones. Live. Verse 6. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, these big old trees. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. What's that, Lebanon and Syrian? Is that the trees? Well, Syrians, Mount Hermon and Lebanon. We can read that back in Deuteronomy 3. You can take my word for it. It's so. That's a mountain. He says he makes them big old cedars, and the mountains skip like little tiny unicorns, like little gazelles bouncing around. When the voice of the Lord, his word, his will, makes the mighty trees and mountains skip like little calves, bounce around with joy. How? Because of his faithfulness. Because of Christ's faith. God gave him a people, and he said, you're going to save them. Father said, you're going to save them. He said, I will. He believed the Father. He was faithful, wasn't he? He said in Matthew 20, he said, uh, that brought him a fellow to heal, that boy that's throwing himself in the fire, the disciples couldn't heal him. And uh, they said, Lord, why couldn't we heal this fellow? <laughs> you healed him. He said, it's going to take more than prayer and fasting. Handle what this is. That's something you can't enter into. You can't handle it. I can't. And he said, you couldn't do this because of your unbelief. He said, verily I say unto you, if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, or if that's hurt me, <laughs> that's close to it. 
Maybe it's pointing over the ridge, huh? He said, you'll say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. You tell these mountains to get up and go jump in that ocean, they're going to do it. By his faith, by the faith of Christ, cedar trees, mountains, they dance like little calves. They dance like unicorns, just bouncing around. Real light and ginger, ain't they? That's impossible with man. That's right. Good, might start learning something. His voice makes a bunch of old, stiff trees and a bunch of dead rocks jump for joy. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb. That's what happened to John the Baptist, wasn't it? He was in the womb. Mary came with the Lord Jesus Christ in her belly, and he started kicking. <laughs> it was joy. What making me happy? Why? His faith. Well, what about my faith? I don't want to hear about mine. I want to hear about his. <laughs> That'll make you happy. Your heads are nodding. I know it. <laughs> Back in our text here in Psalm 29, verse 7. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Boy, there's a whole lot of, whole lot of commentary on that. A whole lot of writing of books. It's, well, it's forked lightning. Lightning's always forked. He divides the lightning. That's true. Sodom and Gomorrah, he'll make it burn on his where he wants it to burn and not burn where he don't want it. that's true that's right but you know all those commentaries that's just the thought of one day of one sinner's mind for that hour that's all that is that's just what happens to be laid on their heart at that time and it ain't the, the, the holy inspired word of god we got that complete right here you know what come to my mind in one hour one day while studying this those three hebrew children they were casting that furnace that was heated up seven times. And the ones that cast them in was burned up. Nebuchadnezzar, before the Lord saved him, boy, he declared something. I love that too. He said, what? there's three. I think I see four of them. And that one looks like the Son of God. Well, they come out of that fire. They didn't even smell like smoke. Who can control fire like that? The Holy God can. What was the only thing they was missing? And oh, I hope somebody get this. What was the only thing they was missing when they come out of that big old blast furnace? The things that bound them. You're free. God's fire did that. His wrath did that. But not on you, on your substitute. Oh, that's something. Does that make you leap for joy? Does that turn your frown upside down and perk you up a little bit? <laughs> something, man. Ooh. We ascribe to him glory. We ascribe to him strength. He rent that wall of partition the same as he divided that flame in that fiery furnace from top to bottom. That holy law that separated us that we couldn't satisfy, Christ tore it down, divided it in two, didn't he? Psalm 29, verse 8, The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. Earthquake. Out there in the wilderness where nobody feels it. He does that too. We read in 1 Kings about Elijah. He went into a cave and he thought the people were going to kill him. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. The voice went. The wind went. It shook those mountains, ripped all the trees off of them, and made them crumble. 
and the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and the earthquake, he shook the wilderness, but the Lord wasn't in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire that he divides, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after that, a still, small voice. These are facts, ain't they? He said his voice does everything I just read to you. <laughs> but the earthquake and the experience, the, the thunder and, and knowing it's his thunder, that's not the Lord. <laughs> that's just an attribute of his. His voice speaks and it can whisper to the heart of his people, to the ear that he gives. And Elijah heard it. And you know what happened when he did that? Then he wrapped his face in the mantle. They hide their faces. Hide their faces. Everybody now they got selfies <laughs> sticking. Look like a fish that got punched in the mouth. That's all up. Facebook. Facebook. We'll look at this, the, the women of Canaan. What does the Lord's people do? They want to hide their faces. Don't they? What did the holy ones do? What did the cherubims do? They had wings, two wings, just, just for hiding their face, wasn't it? Elijah hid his face and he went in that cave because the voice came to him. Verse 9. Psalm 29, verse 9, after that declaration of his display, after all these things, this is who we're going to call to worship. This is who we're going to worship. Verse 9, the voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve. (laughs) God makes deers have babies. What in the world has that got to do with what he's just talking about? After all this destruction and power and majesty and might and glory and strength is displayed, a little tiny scared deer that'll run off a cliff because a twig snapped. <laughs> they drop first. You just got to aim low if you bow hunt. They're scared to death. Henry said, he goes, Lord's their midwife. He teaches them how to bear children. He gives life in the midst of all this chaos that the world sees as how could a God do that? How could a God that's love send a tsunami? We see his power and life's given. Life's given. He makes the hinds to calf, the deer to calf, to a fearful deer. He discovers the forest. Once we have life, the Lord gives us something. We're convicted of a few things. Sin. Isn't that right? Isn't that what he said? What's discovering the forest? That, that word is he makes bare. All the leaves fall. Your fig leaves are going to come off. God's going to show you what you are. You ain't nothing but a naked forest, naked wilderness with no covering, and you need his covering because there's life. If you, if you ain't got life, you don't know that. He discovers the forest, and his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. <laughs> we're given life. We're convicted of sin. We're convicted of righteousness. Everyone in his temple, I don't, know about, I don't care about the other temples, his temple, they declare his glory. Is that this physical building? We're the only ones who say, no, it's in his people, where he dwells. If you was alone on a deserted island, would you ascribe to him glory and strength? You would, wouldn't you? Well, we're convicted to sin. All of our leaves fell off. We know it. We have life. That's why that happened. We're convicted of righteousness. We're going to declare his glory, not our glory, not our sanctification, not our good works, and our cleaning up the outside of the cup. His. <laughs> what about convicted of judgment? They know what the Holy Spirit's going to do? Look here in verse 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. That's singular. It. Can you sit on water? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> he can. It's his water. 
He sits on the flood. He sits on the judgment. <clears throat> Yea, the Lord setteth king forever. That judgment's accomplished. Prince, this world's been destroyed. His head's been crushed. How's all this done? Verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. He'll give Christ himself to his people. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. When we're given him, when we, we're given life, and, and we're shown what sin we are, we're convicted of Christ's righteousness, all judgment's been settled. The Lord's sitting on that flood. It ain't bouncing around. It ain't washed. Floods wash everything away. He sits on it. It's accomplished. It's done. Christ is our strength. He's the one that's done all this. He's the strong man. He's given to us. We couldn't take him. He wasn't offered. He's given. We receive him. We receive Christ. And in our weakness, his strength is just expounded, isn't it? Oh, it's just on display. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. If we have all these things, we see who it is and what he did. And it's plumb done. Ain't nothing you can add to it. I, to the ends of the earth, strongly caution you not to. There's peace. There's peace. This is oversimplified too. Uh, uh, what's the only way you can have peace? When there ain't no war. You can't have a battle and call it peace. That's lying. The warfare must be accomplished. There must be, there can't be a battle going on. We have peace. Peace. David said back in Psalm 28, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. Because of all that, just like John the Baptist, leaping like a little deer. <laughs> my song, I'll praise him. The Lord is their strength. He's their people, his people's strength. And the saving strength of his anointed. Those that he's made holy for his use, sanctified, set for his part. Christ laid down his life for his people. The good shepherd, he laid down his life for the sheep. But we need to know and be often reminded of who it was that our substitute, that is our substitute. Whose blood was shed? That's almighty God's blood. Who was that lamb? Him. He provided himself a lamb. And he's our strength. And that gives us peace. Peace. Habakkuk says this. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like a deer's feet. A hind's feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. That's a mountaintop, mountaintop moment. Isn't it? We give a lot of waters. We get deep waters. Tears. So often times. But if we see him. That's when we look at ourselves and. The trials that that's, happens to be for that day. A whole lot of waterworks, ain't there? But when we see him, my heart's strengthened because he's my strength. And we're made just like a little tiny deer. Well, I'm like a little goat. You can climb way up high on the mountains, can't they? We can delve into those high and lofty things while on this earth. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that something? That's amazing. Now, who gets the glory in all that? Did you do something? Was God sitting there wringing his hands hoping you'd do something for him? Did he, did he save you now you got to make yourself holy? <laughs> you got to strengthen yourself. I heard a man preach one time said that, that we're going to look next hour, Ladder Jacob. He said, yeah, that ladder's there. You just got to climb. If you want to, climb it one rung at a time. What? <laughs> if you ain't got no strength, you ain't got no ability. If you're dead, like an like a old burnt-up tree or a, a mountain, you can't climb, can you? He gets all the glory. It's his strength. We ascribe those to him, don't we? Amen. Let's pray together.
Father, thank you for this hour. Thank you for this moment, Lord. Thank you for the souls you brought here. To We pray you're with us. Bless your people, Lord. Call out those that haven't heard you yet. Speak majestically in their hearts. Thunder with your voice in them in power. Lord, make them skip like a unicorn. What joy we have. Allow us to scribe. Make us scribe, ascribe all glory and strength and power to our Savior. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for him. Forgive us for what we are. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen.